0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, her name is Nancy Geary. She helps entrepreneurs turn their expertise into profitable online programs, a topic near and dear to our heart here at Litrell LMS. And uh we're going to get into a lot of stuff cuz Nancy covers instructional design. She she's a smart entrepreneur herself and we're just going to kind of pull out as many tips and tricks and ideas to change your life and Help you with your or your <laughs> clients' online course goals. Welcome to the show, Nancy.
1: Well, thanks. I'm really happy to be here today.
0: I was listening to something on your <laughs> website and um there was a message about change. Yes. And, you know, as a expert, subject matter expert, you know, in a job, maybe you dream of like starting your own business, having an online course, or maybe you're already an entrepreneur. But you want to it's a, in a different kind of thing and you want to teach that and turn it into a course. There's like this change you have to go through as a person. Um, what what what's kind of some counterintuitive advice or insights you have around change and how it helps entrepreneurs to actually break through and get momentum?
1: Well, you know, change is is constant, right? And the environment that we're in and the circumstances around us. Are ever changing. And so we have the choice of well, how do we how do we lean into what's going on and make the most of our current circumstances? You know, and I think the best example of something that we've all just lived through is so when the pandemic hit and people had to look at their businesses and say, well, what I've been doing up till now maybe isn't going to work so well. You know, particularly if somebody was speaking on stages all around the country. Well, there were no stages. So there needed to be a shift and go, well, what do I do to be able to deliver my best message in a virtual way? And how do I think it, think about it from a real intentional point of view about what do I need to do to be effective in this new medium? A lot of people, I think, panicked. They rushed. They, just, they took a bunch of recordings. They put an intro and an outro on it and said, okay, now I have a course. Well, no, what you have is a recording. And there's nothing wrong with that, but promote it as such. And if you're thinking about a course, or you're thinking about delivering on Zoom instead of on a stage, you have to look at what are the opportunities in this new form and what are the constraints. And what can I do to show up in the best way possible so people see how brilliant I really am. Instead of yet another recording. I think there's a I think there's I think that's what's taken up all the bandwidth on on the web these days, <laughs> tons of recordings.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I love that. And, you know, we hear today the concept of like Zoom fatigue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, I've noticed just as an online business person myself, less people are, are going to webinars and like these long presentations or whatever. So how do we create more engaging content, whether it's in our course or outside of it in our marketing? Like how do we well, how do we make it not just a recording?
1: Not just a recording. Well, <laughs> Not just a recording. Well, it, it, it's kind of funny. It's not just a recording, but it ends up being recorded. So okay, yeah. <laughs> we got to get, get out of this circular loop right away. There's there's several different ways to make something engagement, and one of the first ways and the simplest ways is to think about how can you change the scenes. If you're if you watch anything from an entertainment point of view or a news point of view, the scenes are constantly changing. Now, not everybody is in a position where they can have a three camera shoot and have somebody you know, at a mixer and putting it all together. But if you think about moving from being on camera to then having slides come up and invest in a tool like Ecamm, if you're on a Mac, where you can design scenes where you could have a lower third pop up anytime something changes on the screen that creates some level of interaction because it's like oh wait what's happening i mean our, our brain is just is just tuned into that the other part is let's say if we're if we're in the zoom session leverage more discussion and more ba- breakout rooms try to avoid being in this you know telling mode all of the time uh, several years ago I was working with a client, and this is when everything was live. And they said to me, We want you to put together a course and you can do anything you want but lecture. And that was a very tough thing to go through. I had to make everything discussion-based, everything discovery learning. And I, it was, it was like you know, it was every single module. I was challenged. Okay, now how am I going to make this work? How am I going to make this work? So if you can, if you can have the courage to let your audience have some degree of control where they're involved in conversation. They're in a breakout room. You're asking them to put things into the chat. You're asking them for a thumbs up. You're maybe looking for games that you can bring in. That's going to keep people interested, you know, they're in, and to move away from, I'm just going to talk at you for an hour.
0: <laughs> I love that. It's it's a dance, not a, a movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And then when you go into the evergreen space and you want to look at, well, what's available to me, given whatever the the platform that I'm on, what can I bring in and how can I break it up? And there it's, you know, keeping your videos short and to the point, bringing in opportunities for personal reflection, giving people activities to do, kind of thinking about, you know, they're starting here and I want to get them here. What do I have to do to close that gap And how quickly can I get them to be doing something and not just watching and listening?
0: If somebody's trying to elevate their expertise and also kind of get past imposter syndrome and all that, how do they, how do they do that?
1: Wow. Well, the best way I think to get around imposter syndrome is just start to put yourself out there and realize that your message is unique to you. You know, that for example, there's a lot of people that are uh, that are in the coaching space. But every coach has a different spin on how they're going to move people through their process and how they connect with people. So you want to kind of think about what can, what can you look for where you can make a connection, have somebody really kind of see you uh, as you as you are, so that they're gonna they're gonna want to engage with you. It, if there's I think the other challenge, kind of tying back to Zoom fatigue, is it's not normal for us to look at ourselves all day. You know, right now we're talking, I can see you, but I can also see me. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, is my hair okay? Is this okay? Is that okay? And I have to like stop, and not, mm-hmm. not, not not really think about that. If we were sitting in a room together, you'd be looking at me, I'd be looking at you. We wouldn't have this sense of, oh. There's also a fear, I think, to be on camera. Like somehow, you know, if I shoot a video, oh, you know, am I gonna get it right? Am I gonna be okay? It can be interesting enough, and really, we're in a point now where we all just have to get over it and just get on, get on video. I'm I'm planning to do like a, a 12 days of of um, time to the 12 days of Christmas. So I've challenged myself to do a video a day for 12 days and get it out to my community. And it's just, it's just doing it and practicing. If you never put yourself out there, if you never practice, you can never improve. You can never get better if you don't take that first step.
0: That's awesome. Um, how do we help the entrepreneurs with no teacher training do instructional design? I'm, I'm looking at your website, which is nancygeary.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-G-I-E-R-E.com. And you have a resource called uh, Eight Easy Steps to Create Training that Sells. Like, yes. how do we What? give us some of the steps or how do we kind of, if we don't know how to, you know, chunk into something that people right. can consume in a course, how do we do that?
1: Okay. Well, the ABZ steps is, is the high level process that I apply to every project that I work on, whether it's a solopreneur or a Fortune 50 company, the process is, is all the same. It's just the content and the complexity is what is what changes. Well, the, the first part is to think about who your audience is and what is the the transformation that you can bring about. So to come up with this overarching statement about how your program is going to help somebody to to, 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 to change, kind of going back to where we were at the beginning. What's the change that's going to occur? Really get dialed in on that audience. What are their pain points? What are their problems? What are their challenges? Now, depending on the work that you do, one kind of clue is, are there things that you say over and over and over and over again, everybody you work with? There's a good chance that that's content that you could then extract and look at, well, now, how can I organize this into into an online course? Once you're kind of dialed in on your audience and what they need, you want to kind of frame it and ask yourself this, the most important question, which is by the end of this course, what are they going to be able to do? What are they going to know that they didn't know before and how are they going to feel? And that kind of becomes your kind of your guiding light as you go through the whole process. Then the next step is to come up with an outline and we're we're like doing instructional design in 30 seconds (laughs) is to really think about uh, an outline. So what is it that you want to cover? You can do some brainstorming on your topics and then kind of get, get like, okay, here's everything that I need to address in order to get people to that place that I want to get them to. Come up and then think about, now, how do I sequence it? And then step back and go, now, what information here is really need to know versus nice to know? And your training, you want to focus on the need to know. One of the challenges that we have as experts is, I got a lot to say. <laughs> so you have to think about, well, what belongs in a course? And what might you want to deliver to people in another way um, through articles or or kind of uh, bonus content, if you will. But you really want to think about the main road and then the side road. And then you want to bump that up against, well, what are your current assets that you have? So here's my list of topics. Here's some assets that I have that I can repurpose. And then you also have a clear picture of what you don't have in place. So you kind of know, you get a sense of the, the scope of how to build it. Then you step back and you go, okay, given all of this content, what's the best way to teach it? And that's where the fun comes in, where you think about, well, do I want to shoot a video here? Do I want to provide an interactive exercise? Am I going to incorporate a game or a quiz or whatever type of modality to kind of to bring the content to life? And then you're ready to start to to build it all out. And the building can be challenging depending on. Kind of where people are and what their expertise is. You know, are you are you good with graphics? Are you good? Do you have a nice slide deck that you can leverage? Are you going to need somebody to do video editing? Uh, what type of graphic elements are you going to want to bring into the video? As I mentioned, I've been using eCam, which allows me to have the graphics come up while I'm recording, which saves time on the back end in terms of post production. But then you may just want to have a editor editor come in and just do all of that for you. So that's like a real compressed kind of roadmap of of how to get from end to end and all along the way really just being you know there's instructional design but I've coined the term intentional design in this work to really think about given the delivery platform what can I do to be the most effective and engaging
0: wow that's awesome can you give us a <laughs> uh like a just a pro tip insight if somebody's like let's say working with a a large company with some kind of training objective. What's an example you mentioned where it's the same process? There's just more complexity. Yes. What's an example of that complexity in this process?
1: I, I think oftentimes the the complexity is kind of ties into the content. So, for example, I did some work as part of a team for Eastman Chemical, and it was it was their supply chain management. That's a that's a fairly involved process. There are lots of different departments that have to come into play. There's, uh, they were kind of, they were revamping the software that they were going to be using. So they were going from a series of spreadsheets to a brand new application. So there's a huge change management component because you've got a lot of people that they were content to a certain extent with the way that they were working, and now I'm going to have to put faith that this new software application is going to do for me what I what I did before and then some. So you've got like this when you're when you're saying like there's a wholesale change through a whole division of a company about how they're going to work. That gets to be very complicated because even when change is a very positive thing and people can see, yeah, this is going to be good. There's a little bit of a like, ah, but I'm used to doing it this other way. And I I got to make the shift because and and. So there, there's a whole like getting people on board and ready to ready to move forward and, you know, feel good about where they're heading. So when you've got more people to train cross-functional teams, that's where the complexity can come in.
0: That's awesome. I love what you said about, uh, you know, the transformation. How do you, how does somebody want to, what do they want to know, do and feel? Mm-hmm. And, and also like the transformation become like, who do they want to become? That's a uh, that's just a really powerful focus, forcing function to focus the outcome. Cause I, yeah, I know a lot of experts get wrapped up in, well, I know a lot of things, but if you really focus on the learner and those no do feel become right. aspects, it, right. it becomes a lot more clear. What about story? I know that's big for you and mm-hmm. and on the top <laughs> of engagement, I was on your website and I saw a thing about, you know, a chameleon can like blend <laughs> in or they can stand <laughs> out and I'm yes. like, well, that's cool. I, I was like getting into the story. I'm like, this is awesome. Which kind of, what kind of chameleon do you want to be? Exactly. Uh, tell us about story. Cause I know we've all been around story, but we all, not everybody's a great storyteller or realizes that they can use it in an online learning program or marketing or whatever. So yeah, take right. us to school.
1: So, well, okay. So another way to look at a story is an example. Okay. So if you, you know, I just gave you an example of what a, a complex training situation could be. And when you think about it, we all tell stories all the time. A lot of conversation is story. I'm telling you about what I just did, you know, then you're then you're gonna add to it. And you're gonna tell me about kind of how your life relates to my life. And we're just kind of, I feel like a lot of conversation is trading stories. And We've been, I think, wired into story from the very beginning of time. If you go back, if you go way back in the day, think about cave paintings where that was telling a story of the hunt, or then you move forward in a lot of cathedrals, they had a visual storytelling they had, you know, the, these are these are the lessons from the Bible that everybody needs to know. And it was all visual because a lot of people couldn't read, you know, then books come into play, people sitting around around the fire and telling stories, people, you know, today are, you know, sitting in, in bars and telling stories, family gatherings, everybody's, everybody's telling a story. So everybody's got a story. But there's, then we kind of go back to this imposter syndrome, you know, is my story, going to be good enough is it going to be relatable so a way to look at it when you're building out a training program is think about your clients and really get dialed into who they are and what their challenges have been and what and how you help them overcome them so it comes back to the the, the whole idea of the hero's journey you've got the heroes working their way through and then there's there's the guide that comes in. The fairy got Cinderella had the fairy godmother, you know, here I got the glass shoes, you're ready to go. And, and we as course creators, we're the guides. So what you want to do is put your content into the into the into context around what is life like for that person. So let's use sales training for an example. Sales of sales of sales of sales. There's a there's a process, but if I'm selling one of my clients, his his market is luxury home builders. Okay, the way that you sell a luxury home is different than a software application or a coaching program. So what you want to think about is okay, how can I how can I dig into who I've worked with, what they've done and what they've accomplished and tell that story. And sometimes it's easier to tell somebody else's story than our own because maybe you feel like we're bragging, you know. <laughs> so
0: Very cool. Very cool. Um, How about training for lead generation? Like how do we think about learning as a tool for marketing?
1: I think it's one of the the best tools that you can use because what you're doing is you're giving people insight into who you are and what you can offer. And if you can, you can put it out in it, whether it's a, a sort of in a, in your marketing in a drip marketing campaign, or oftentimes, you know, the, the webinar is the, the, the lead gen you know you if I do a, a program about I just did something about how to turn a book into an online course. So for me that was a way I wanted to attract authors into my world have them give them an opportunity to experience me, my teaching kind of my personality more than anything else is like I think she's fun I want to work with her or man, I don't resonate with her at all I'm, I'm moving on but that's all it, it's all part of um, making the connection. I've worked with people in the past who've set up content around their business. So somebody who does um, e-commerce, for example, if they put how to run a few courses free, how to set up an e-commerce business, somebody's going to read that. And and when they're ready, they'll go, you know what? I'm going to go talk to him because he, he spoke to me. I got that free information from him and I'm ready to hire him. And it, just this morning, you know, I, I know that I had somebody say, and I had sent something out, and she booked time with me, and my first question was, what prompted you to talk with me today? And she said, well, I've been thinking about uh, creating a course for a while, and when I saw your email, I thought, yeah, it's time to talk. So it's it doesn't always happen immediately, but it's just this, it's a way to stay in front of people in a way that's more interesting than just read this document read this article you know if you come up with a little mini course it can be a bit more fun.
0: That's awesome and memorable. we do we do that at our <laughs> software company uh, at Liftrail LMS we have a free mini course about how to create your course really fast and it's it's our largest lead generation oh, course I'll bet. um what uh what uh are some of the classic mistakes that you see because i I see a lot of pain I've been in this market for about sure. twelve years and I see a lot of failed dreams and projects that don't work out there's a lot of great success out there too but there's often there's not enough attention put on the stories of what didn't work out Um, (laughs) so what do do you see are some mistakes that kind of cause failure either to launch or it launches and it doesn't work out
1: well the, the one of the first mistakes that i see is people will think about well i'm gonna i'm gonna put this course together and the, they start like, oh, I'm going to write the introduction. And they kind of, they think about it from end to end of what the experience is going to be like for the client instead of stepping back. And what I mentioned before about sort of what do you want them to do, know, and feel really the, the whole idea of begin with the end in mind, think about where you want to take people, then plan the journey because it, it, I've, I liken it to, I was a big fan of, of Snoopy growing up. And when Snoopy was the author and he's on top of the doghouse and just, it was a dark and stormy night, a shot rang out. And then he's like, well, now I don't know where to go. And then people kind of get stuck and it, it does, and it ends up and they get frustrated because, well, why isn't this working? So you really want to kind of plan all your content out and then organize it into a, a logical flow with, the idea of where am I gonna take someone? That's the first uh, mistake that I see. The second one is this desire to tell people everything you know, instead of really kind of, again, using that guideline that I've talked about, instead of stepping back and saying, what's the most critical information? What do they really need to be successful? And have that be what goes into into the course. Uh, there's this desire to tell everybody everything because it's so exciting, and then it, but, it, but it can be too much. It can be overwhelming, or think about how to put something into into a series. But really, being mindful of how how much is is enough to get people to where they need to go. So that, that's another problem. Um, and I just something flying in and out of my head. There's also this sense of uh, my course will work for everyone. Right. What product or service does somebody offer that you can really be effective when you say it works for everyone? So just like when you're doing your marketing, when you look at your training, you want to be niched so that you're going after a particular target market, which then leads you into what's the problem that you're going to solve for that market. So it's it's really, I think, the stepping back and taking a moment to plan instead of just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go a little bit of planning, and I'm not talking about months. If you just took a week to plan (laughs) and then you'd be, you'd be in much better shape and you'd, you'd end up uh, getting completed faster and getting to the success that you want faster too.
0: That's awesome. Um, I want to talk about a blend of teaching methods, kind of like the dance versus a chopped up movie version (laughs) of a course. So like on the, on the low end, let's say there's like a, somebody has a 20, $30, go at your own pace course on Udemy or something like that. There's no real support or interaction on the high end. There's a very immersive thing. There's a course, maybe there's co- group coaching, private coaching. There's live events that people right. fly out together to, And there's assignments and uh, masterminds and all kinds of stuff. Like, But without overwhelming, let's say a newer expert or coach, what's like a kind of a start or bundle they could think about uh, to create a course that comes with some kind of success system that's more than just the content? Like, what, what, what could they do? And, and maybe we could use an example like um, somebody who's doing a certain kind of business coaching, like I help, you know, real estate agents start and grow their, their businesses.
1: Okay. Well, I think the best way to start is to look at it from the angle of what is the kind of repetitive information and the real basic information and to look at, you know, extracting that and building out, you know, a live program on zoom or an evergreen program from that very basic information. And then to, and then take a look and say, well, how can I integrate this into my larger business model? So maybe you have like a, there's the, there's the do it yourself path. Then there's, If you have people that are working with you in a group, they get that content as well. I like to start things out thinking it from either the one-on-one perspective or the group and go, what what do they need and how could I support this group? Because that's if you're doing business coaching already, you've already got people in your, your universe. So then you step back and you say, okay, what can I provide them that will make our whole Relationship more efficient in terms of me providing them guidance, and also having something that they can that the client can have as a reference point. We talked about marketing in that session. Let me go now, and I can more like an on-demand or or as it's needed. Now let me go back and review. I'm ready to implement, but I don't remember everything that we talked about. So then they've got a place to go and look it up, as opposed to having to um, ask a question. So it kind of comes down to best use of everybody's time, best use of the, of the business coach in this example, and best use of the client, too. They may decide, like, it's 8 o'clock on a Friday, and I've got nothing else to do, so I'm going to do this. <laughs> do
0: you have any uh, input on, like, pricing? I see a lot of people get hung up on, like, well, what's it worth? And they just kind of you know stick a finger in the air, look at what yeah. the competitor's doing. And how, how do no. we think about pricing our training programs?
1: I've kind of come at looking at pricing from a, a, a two perspectives. One is so what's happening in the competitive space, and one challenge there is a lot of people that perhaps you know are, are celebrity status and whatever the the domain is. They may have a mailing list of a hundred thousand people. If you have a hundred thousand people on your list, if you sell something for forty-seven dollars, there's a good chance you're gonna you're gonna do very well because just the the law of numbers you know you might get 10,000 people that are going to sign up hey that's fantastic um so i think it's hard to compete so you know you've got to look at what the different um the different factors are i've started encouraging people to not only look at what their competitors are doing but look at who else do your clients buy from for whatever whatever the services might be so let's say we've got the same client base they're going to they, they're going to buy some things from me they're going to buy some things from you well if our price points are fairly close. So if I'm kind of, if I'm doing my investigation and I look at, okay, well, Chris is at a thousand, I can be at a thousand. Chris is at 50 for this, I should, you know, so if they're willing to spend a thousand with you, they should be willing to spend a thousand with me, which is another way um, to come at it. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to where's the perceived value. What am I, if I invest a thousand and I'm am I gonna make 10? Off my thousand dollar investment, or am I going to break even? I'm just going to break even. Eh, you know, maybe not. But if I have the chance to make ten, so I think it's putting it into that frame of if you do this, this is what your revenue potential is, and to kind of have that as part of the of, of the conversation, and to be real to be realistic uh, in, in in what's possible and and not overstate it. So I think some things are way overstated and then that just leads to disappointment and day drinking. So
0: <laughs> Related to pricing, do you have any tips on recurring revenue around online learning programs as opposed to like one and done sales?
1: I think the, the recurring revenue membership sites, I think are a great way to generate the recurring revenue. You need to be ready and be present to be continually giving people new New content, you know, kind of can create a discipline that you're going to have something new every week, every two weeks, every month, whatever that that whatever that cadence is going to be. The the one and done is more of a of a I think a larger investment where people it's a particular project that they want to complete. So I want to uh, come up with a my marketing strategy for 2023. So I'm gonna so there's a workshop to go to in December that's going to help me get my strategy for 2023. I take that course, then I go in and I implement in 2023. That could be a one. That could one example of a one and done. But then you could then you could step back and say, well, then maybe they go from that into a membership or some ongoing support type of a program. So it all, I think, depends on on the content and kind of what's what's the purpose of of working through a particular type of content.
0: All right. Shifting gears to technology. Okay. If, if we're creating online learning programs, you mentioned like <laughs> ecam recorder and, you know, editing, and there's all these things from hardware to software, right. to um, just all the tech required to pull it off. Any advice for people uh, wanting to get into this in terms of how to think about the tech without getting overwhelmed? not getting
1: crazy. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is invest in a good microphone. Yeah. So that you have uh, good sound quality, people will not are not forgiving if sound is bad. If sound is bad, they're out. And then the next thing is to think about having a simple background. You know, you've got a very nice virtual background. You just you just fit right in there. I have a background. I just got to move that because I just really have a light in there. um, That is very simple. It's just uh, a picture behind me. Not a lot of distraction. I can take that picture down and just have a plain white wall. Uh, I also, I, I, you, you, could use. I have a, a desk that allows me to stand or sit. You could also use, you know, boxes <laughs> to, to, yeah. to change the the um, the point of view. So I think those are some of the the first things. And then think about well, how well about how the lighting is. How how are you showing up in the frame? And you can buy expensive lights, or you can go to Home Depot get lights. So I think some of it is just kind of setting up that, how are you going to look on, on screen? That's the first step. And then from here, you know, phase one, start doing recording in Zoom and switch between being on camera and uh, having slides. That's a good place to start and get comfortable, get in the rhythm of doing it. And then uh, you can up your game. So for me, uh, one of the next steps, one well, I forgot to mention, you know, you can start with the camera on your computer, but then maybe upgrade to having, like I have a Logitech Brio is what I'm what I'm using these days. Um, then, so kind of this like the basics, and then to just do things in Zoom and do the screen sharing. Uh, kind of re- related to the tech, but not related to the tech is when you, how are your graphics, how are your slides going to look? So consider investing in a graphic designer to come up with a nice branded template for you that you can then just uh, work inside of because it'll have a, a really nice look and feel for you. It's I, I made that investment early on and it, it's been great. So then we get more into more technology and there's all kinds of um, things out there that you can do. So I happen to be on a Mac, which is why I purchased Ecamm. If I had it all hooked up here, um, I could show it. <laughs> But i'm not I'm not connected at this moment. But what that allows me to do is move between different types of visuals, different types of shots, And just with by pushing a button, uh, I can I can change the scenes that I'm in. So you can see me on camera. You can see me with a graphic overlay. I, I can have my slides come up and I can be in a little window on the slide. so it's it it just makes it a bit more interesting. And it's not, the learning curve isn't that steep. Then you can look at adding in, if you so choose, the next level up would be bring in a stream deck, which then allows you to program this. So you just push a button to move from scene to scene to scene. And it's very seamless. What's great about doing this is you can put in production values like lower thirds, graphics. Maybe I could have, if I had this white wall behind me, I could have... um, a, a list for like an agenda item or something and you have it all programmed in so then when you do your recording, all of that comes together fairly nicely. And then the, the amount of editing on the back end isn't as much because the other side of it is is then to really do post-production editing. and the, uh, that that's certainly you know an option too. But I think for, you know initially to keep it simple because what's more important is how, Uh, How excited are you about what you're talking about? How engaging are you? Are you really, you know, are you loving the camera? Are you really working the room? That's what's going to make a difference. Oftentimes, once people, the camera comes on, hello, my name is Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very happy to be here today, right? And then, you know, then from there, then it's, you know, and this is more in in your wheelhouse than mine is then where are you going to put the content? uh, when you're, when you're ready to deliver.
0: Yeah. And I'll just throw out there. It just depends on what you're doing. Um, if you're like super beginner, you don't have a website, there's hosted platforms like Kajabi teachable thinkific things like that. Uh, and there's many more, uh, but if you have a yeah. WordPress site, you know, that's where we exist at lifter LMS. If you already have a WordPress site, you can add it and make courses and coaching programs and host them yourself. Um, I want to kind of zoom out with kind of a final question. It's kind of a hard one, Uh which is uh, (laughs) if we're talking to an expert and they're just, they got that passion, they, you know, they had that middle of the night moment or they were on vacation and they they decided they're going to kind of come out from behind themselves and help uh, around a certain topic or subject matter expertise. And they've figured out like the type of person they want to help. You mentioned um, helping book writers become course creators. <laughs> so there's books. We can write books. We can create courses. We can do coaching programs. We can do consulting. Um, we can do public speaking. And right. I know it probably depends on the personality of the person, but I, I do see some people get a little paralyzed because they, they're like, oh, I got to do all that. I'm, I'm working on a, my book, my course, trying to get speaking gigs. I'm, cu- I'm doing coaching and I have services too. And they just explode. If, if you could wave a magic wand, what, what path would you send somebody down knowing that people can do it in different ways in terms of, you know, stepping into their power as an expert and, and, and delivering their value to the world through these different mediums? And what right. order would you suggest if you could get catch somebody at the beginning?
1: At the beginning. I think the first step is to come up with a great presentation in whatever way you're comfortable doing it. Most people are comfortable doing something like that live. So start there and then take a look at it and then go next phase is to be on Zoom like we are now and do it live online and go, okay, this is what I did when I was in front of a room. This is what worked. These are the activity I brought people through. Now that I'm in this different platform, what do i need to do differently what do i need to change to be effective here and really get comfortable working in this environment and then take then step back and say all right of this what makes sense then to turn into something that's evergreen and extract that from it and one thing that i think is can be really a powerful shift for people is you know get comfortable on zoom get comfortable presenting the content And then look at it and how would I break it into more discrete modules and do another live version really with clear transitions from topic one, topic two, topic three. Because what that does is it gives you the opportunity to have the energy of talking to a live audience. And then when you go to cut it into more discrete modules for Evergreen, you've created the space or the editor, instead of just I'm going to just talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> I think I think that is a is the easiest flow in because it's important that you get more and more comfortable with your content. It's not that you've memorized something, but that you've embodied it in such a way that then you can speak to it, whether you're on a stage whether you're live online or evergreen, because the reality as we continue on here is you're going to need to be able to come out with all three. But I think the easiest and the most natural for people is to start in front of, of a live audience.
0: Solid advice there. That's Nancy Geary. It's <laughs> What can they find at your website? Tell us how people can connect with you, and any you know final words for the people.
1: Well, on on the website they can download my eight easy steps to create training that sells, which is the whole uh, framework of how I operate. And my email is out there, and my phone number's out there, so you can call me if you want. I'm I'm home, (laughs) ready to talk. I love that.
0: By the way, like not hiding behind the website or whatever. Like the connection is is rare. Uh, So why not, if you're in the spirit of service. Yeah, why
1: not? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I love to talk. (laughs) It's not a problem. Then uh, I've just written a book called uh, Bundle Your Brilliance, Turn Your Expertise into High Profit Online Programs, Online Courses. And I'm just in the final phases, depending on the timing of all of this, in having it uh, available on Amazon and through my website, that will be around the middle of January. Uh, it January 10th is actually my stake in the ground that I set where people can actually uh, get the book, which then it expands on what's in the the eight easy steps.
0: That's awesome. And this podcast will likely be out after that. So go to Amazon now and look for Bundle Your Brilliance. <laughs> um, Nancy, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You dropped so many knowledge bombs and... and mm-hmm. Uh, You know, hard won lessons from all your experience. Thanks. Thank you for being so generous and sharing with the community today. We really appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. I enjoyed it.
0: And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.